All right, so Pastor Jeff called me. Hi. I got some, my, my number one cheerleaders up here. I'm not going to do a kick for you guys. I haven't stretched out, you know, in a while. So the, my cheerleading skills, I'm not going to be able to show those today. But uh, thank you for that, Michelle. Anyway, uh, Pastor Jeff called me a couple weeks ago and said, hey, it's, it's Becky's 60th birthday on Saturday. Would you be willing to, to step in so that we can really celebrate her well? And I said, of course. And I was really excited. And I was like, oh, shoot, what am I going to speak on? So I thought, you know what? I'm the youth pastor. Let's just play some youth pastor games as my screen is. We'll fix the screen. Got to make sure the screen's good. All right. So you guys ready for some games? We're going to play the Blender of Doom. Aren't you excited? Come on. So the way that the Blender of Doom works is I'm going to spin this wheel and we're going to pick five ingredients to go in and some lucky winner. What is it? I bet Addison would do it. Uh, if Pastor Jeff was here, we'd make him do it. Uh, we're, uh, guys, we're actually not going to play Blender of Doom. I didn't bring my blender today. But that would have been fun. Uh, anyway, today uh, I'm actually going to be sharing my testimony, uh, which is so perfect. I mean, what, what you, just what you said, Michelle, like, oh, that's why I'm sharing my testimony because it is about Jesus. So when Pastor Jeff said, hey, would you speak? I kind of had this panic moment. And then he's like, hey, you're welcome to speak on whatever you want. But if you ask my opinion, I would say share your testimony. And I've had the privilege of being able to share it multiple times uh, and traveling with Jeff around the world. And he's he's heard me share it. And he's like, every time you share it, something new comes out. And I would really love for you to share it on, on Sunday. And so as soon as he said that, I just felt this peace come over me. Because my testimony is not about me. It's about Jesus and what he's done in my life. And so one of the things that uh, I love sharing my testimony, I love hearing other people's testimony so much, because in Revelation twelve eleven it says that, and they overcame him, which is the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And so my hope in sharing today, guys, is, is that you're encouraged that whatever you're going through t- today, right now, through all this stuff, is that you can walk out of this room encouraged, filled with hope, that Jesus is good, and that if he can do something for me, he can do it for you. So I was raised uh, in a Christian home. I was number three of four. I was this little handsome guy down here on the, the bottom left. I don't know if that's a booger hanging out of my nose. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I also, you know, cheerleader, I, I was also, I was into sports, but I was into dance, it looks like, as well. Um, I'm not quite sure about the belly shirt. Uh, maybe we should have retired that a little sooner than <laughs> that picture. Uh, but I was, I was very outgoing, very talented in, in multiple things. Uh, and then um, very strong, trying to pull out the sword at Disneyland. I'm from California. And uh, I also had a bowl cut. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know, you know, we didn't have a bowl big enough in the house for my head because I have a very big head, but my mom just did the straight cut across. I just, I shared this in first service. I have no idea why. But I'm just going to share it again. Uh, in church, I remember sitting, you know, there's all the different lights everywhere. You can see multiple shadows. And I'd always cover up, like pull down my ears like this, and I could see my shadow in front of me and I had a mushroom head. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. I was looking at my mushroom head. Anyway, 
I, I was raised in the church. We were at church multiple times a week, and the times we couldn't make it on Sundays, we were putting in that VH, VHS tape of Jesse Duplantis or Kenneth Copeland or just having church at home in some way. My dad would read something. My mom led worship, and uh, we would have church all the time. And so I loved, I loved worship, uh, and I was really excited about the things of God. And I remember thinking like, oh, I would see, see, see some of my friends making poor choices and it's like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I'm really on fire for the Lord. Unfortunately, that fire didn't last very long. I got into high school and all my friends that I hung out with the most were friends in sports. I played a lot of sports and they, uh, they weren't my church friends. And so I stopped going to church as much because I wanted to be with my friends. And uh, as my high school years went on, I got more and more into partying. And I kind of knew this, I had this thing of like, I know that God is real. I know that I will one day want to serve him, but right now I want to do what I'm doing. I want to have fun, and so I'm going to put God on the back burner. So anyway, football uh, was, was my main sport. I loved football. I ended up playing junior college for, year, for two years, and I got a full-ride scholarship to the University of Utah, where I met my beautiful wife, Shaylee. We, uh, we met the, the night before school started, uh, and we ended up getting married just after school ended in the summer on June 2nd. And so we met and married in nine months. It was very quick. Uh, but it was something for me growing up as a kid, I was very excited about marriage. I, um, my parents actually just celebrated 41 years of marriage this, this in August. And they just, they were such an amazing example of two people loving one another unconditionally. And they're still like, they just finished a, an online course through Bethel, a marriage course called uh, Love After Marriage. And they're just so passionate about each other. They're giggly. They're like newlyweds all the time. They've been married for 41 years. And that's, that's what I wanted. I saw that and I wanted that. And so, you know, when Shayla and I met, we, we started, you know, we were just dating for a while. I think she might have been using me for good football seats. Like I would get tickets and she would, I don't know. That's kind of in, still in debate. But anyway, hey, it still worked out well for me, okay? Uh, anyway, we, we ended up being apart for quite a bit of time over break. And once we came back together, I was like, oh, we really love each other. We should get married. And nobody was brave enough to tell us that we probably shouldn't because we were really young. We were 20 and we weren't making the best of choices. But hey, sometimes Jesus puts you together and you got to figure it out. So uh, we get married and I was, again, I had all this, there was this life that I'd been living in secret. I had some addictions that I that nobody else knew about. I was really into drinking and partying. And uh, when I met Shaylee and we got married, I was hoping all those things would stop. And for a little bit, they did. You know, I wanted to be committed like I saw my dad committed to, his, to my mom. I wanted to be committed to Shaylee in that way. I wanted to, to love her the way that he loved my mom. And I, at first, I was able to do it. In my own strength, I was able to do it. And uh, a couple months in, I kind of started slipping up, and some of my, my private habits started taking over, and it just started affecting our marriage. And then I ended up getting an opportunity to try out for the New York Jets, and I flew out to New York and we ended up missing six months of the first year of our marriage and our, our one year anniversary, uh, we were actually apart. And during that time, I, I was hanging out with a bunch of guys who were single, have just been given a lot of money. Uh, they're going out to the clubs and partying and it's like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out too. It'll be all right. Like, I'll just go out and have a few drinks and it's going to be fine. And sure enough, that secret world that I've been living started coming into fruition in, in a real way. And I started flirting with other women 
ended up taking off my wedding ring and started being someone that I thought I never would be and making choices that I thought I never would make. I remember being you know, 12, 13, 14, this kid that was on fire for Jesus and wanting to, to love my wife, my future wife, the way that my dad did. And I remember seeing things was like when I would, would see movies or stories of, of men making choices that I was currently making and thinking, how could they do that? How could they, like, I, I just didn't, that didn't make sense to me when I was younger. And I ended up becoming that man. And I, I, for lack of a better, better term, at that time, I was a slime ball. You, if you would have come into encounter with me, you probably would have been slimed by some of my junk that was either hidden or maybe you, it was out, out in the open, depending on what context you saw me in. So anyway, Shaylee, I ended up making the practice squad. Uh, Shaylee ends up moving out. It was end of August. She comes out in September and she gets out and she's just like, what is going on? There's something different about you. And she's super prophetic, but couldn't ever like prove anything. And she was like, something happened that you're not being honest about. And so she was like, we need to either we fix this or we get a divorce. And for me, the the D word was like, was like the worst word ever. Like there's growing up in the church and also with my parents and my dream of being married and having a, an amazing marriage. It was like, no, that's not, that, that can't happen. And so she's like, well, we need to go to marriage counseling. And I was like, oh, I don't know about marriage counseling, but I do know the church. So let's go to the, let's go to uh, this, this group of guys who has a married couples Bible study at our church uh, that were on the team. So we started going to that Bible study, and it was uh, a study called Love and Respect by Emerson Egrich. Quick plug, if you've never read that book, it is an incredible book. Uh, it, it's very challenging, but it is, uh, we still teach out of it to couples whenever we get a chance to, to pastor couples through stuff. Uh, anyway, the, the book had a huge impact on Shaylee, and she started walking out some of the things that the book talks about. And she started being interested in what was going on with women there, but also like becoming more and more interested in the Lord. She didn't, she wasn't raised in the church. Uh, and at that time would probably consider herself an atheist. And we had some, again, we had personal issues in our marriage. We ended up having, we ended up getting pregnant at that time and we ended up having a miscarriage. And in that time, our only coping mechanism was to turn to drinking. And there was a point, um, Shaylee was, was woken up one morning by the audible voice of God where it said, knock it off in the middle of our drinking binge of us trying to figure out how to cope with this pain and this loss. And 10 days later, we ended up found, finding out we were pregnant with our daughter, Elle. And it was one of those things of like, we ran smack into the grace of God. We, he saved us from the poor choices that we were making in that moment. And, you know, fast forward a couple months, we were invited into this conference that they put on for NFL players and their wives. And Erwin McManus was sharing, and what he was saying just spoke so deeply to Shaylee's heart that afterwards she went up to him and she said, I want to give my life to Jesus and I want you to baptize me now. And he's like, well, there's nowhere to baptize you. Maybe you should go back to your pastor, wherever you're from. And she's like, no, I want you to do it. And I want you to do it now. So we went out to the, 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 the hotel hot tub. And before we, before we were getting in, he's like, hey, uh, have you ever been baptized to me? And I said, yes, when I was seven. And he said, well, would you consider doing it again as the spiritual leader of your household? 
And at that point, I was not walking with the Lord. I was able to talk the talk because I was raised in the church, but I still had all this hidden sin, all these things that I'd been hiding from Shaylee. Uh, and I was in that moment, I, ha- I was confronted with, okay, if I say no, then there's going to be more evidence that I'm guilty of something. But if I say yes, just maybe I'll go in the water and I'll come out free. I'll come out a new man. And so I said yes and ended up getting baptized. And that didn't happen, unfortunately. I came out and was still in the same place of heaviness, of this this weight of the lies that I'd been living. And Shaylee, having freshly given her life to the Lord, was super on fire for the Lord and passionate about all his ways and was, was seeking after him and was kind of dragging me along with her. And I was able, again, I was able to talk the talk, but every time we went to church, we'd come to church on Sunday and I would sit in the pews and just feel this shame and condemnation and this weight of all the things that I had hidden from her. And I remember the Lord just kept like continuing to tell me, you have to be honest you have to be honest with her. And I got to this place, it was just, Lord, I'm never gonna do that. I'm never gonna tell her these things. So our relationship is just gonna have to suffer because I'm not gonna do that to her. Now the irony looking back, I'd already done all the things to her. It was actually just being honest with myself and with her. But it was something that was really scary. And so I, it was hard to come to church. I remember at night, I'd be sitting in bed and I just just overwhelmed with the pain and knowing the hurt that I would eventually cause her if she found out. And she would ask me, hey, babe, what are you thinking about? And I'd be like, nothing. And every single time I was thinking about all the choices that I had made that would negatively affect her. And how, like, the man, I, I was this man that I'd, I never thought I would become. I was in this place that I never thought I would be. And I didn't know how to get out. Well, I knew that I had to be honest, but I didn't want to do that. I told myself I wouldn't do that. I told Jesus that I wouldn't do that. So fast forward six months from the baptism, and our firstborn, L was born, and I was ecstatic. I remember in college when Shaylee and I were, were dating, I said, you know what, I'm going to be a great dad. And she was like, but what if you're not? And I said, oh, no, I am going to be a great dad. And she's like, you don't know. What if you're not? I was like, oh, you, I will be a great dad. I know it. And another, I was excited about marriage and I was excited about being a dad. And so when Elle came along, I was so proud. I was so excited. And I was hoping that me becoming a father would help me become the man that I wanted to be. And I tried and I tried on my, in my own strength to be that man that I wanted to be, that I knew that my family needed to be. And time after time, I would continue back. I would fall back into my ways, my hidden ways with secret sin of like porn or drinking or going out when my wife wasn't around. And again, I was someone who, I I'd really started living a double life. I was one way with my family and one way when they weren't around, a diff- completely different way when they weren't around. So in that time when I was at the Jets, my set, going into my third season, I had an opportunity to become the starting quarterback. And I really thought that I was going to be that guy. And I ended up getting traded, total surprise during the draft. I got traded to the Cleveland Browns. And I went, went from battling for the starting job to battling for the third string position. And it, was, it totally rocked me, my, rocked my confidence, uh, rocked everything that was going on as far as me playing football. 
But the cool thing about that, the time while we were still at the Jets, our mentors, Katie and Kenyon, we became very close with them. Again, Shaylee was on fire for the Lord and they were really just pouring into her, trying to pour into me, but I was, there was no, no, no room to receive anything that they had, but I knew what they had was something that I wanted. You know, when you get around someone, it's just like, there's just something about them that's super attractive. And you're like, ah, oh, it's Jesus inside of them. They had Jesus inside of them. And it's like, I wanted what they had, but I had to be honest in order to get there. And so we, we get traded to Cleveland. It, it was kind of a desert season for us. It went from this place where we had a bunch of friends to now we're in Cleveland. We've got some Cleveland peeps over here. Um, and it was one of those things where I, I really struggled and I knew football wasn't going well. So it was like, I, there's other things that I, and anyway, I ended up being, spending a lot of time with Kenyon. And then one of the other quarterbacks on the team, he was also a strong Christian and it, we started hanging out with him more. And there was that same thing. Like there was just something about him that I wanted. And I kept being more and more like attracted, like wanting to hang out with them more. And I started doing the Bible studies that they were, they were doing. And every time I'd go and sit down, I just had this shame and this condemnation. And then there was one night where um, I was confronted, like I was, uh, Shaylee and I, Shaylee, it was during, during training camp. Shaylee came to watch practice. And I was just acting really weird because I was being confronted by some poor choices that I had made. And she's like, why are you acting so weird? And I, I, I couldn't tell her because... It, I would have to, I would have to be honest, and it was just like what you know, kind of put it on her like it was her fault. So she she was upset. She ended up leaving practice. I was trying to call her. She ends up calling me about an hour later and said, "Brett, I want to tell you something. I wanted to, I wanted to tell you that I'm sorry for how I acted. I want to let you know that I trust you as the leader of our family, and I honor you as my husband." And she hung up and I, I was broken by this kindness that she was showing me that I did not deserve. She was calling me something that I was the furthest thing from, saying she could trust me and honoring me as the leader of her household. And I was not walking that out at all. The next day, there was a Bible study that the guys, some of the guys were having and they were talking about every man's battle and how the truth will set you free. And I knew that this was my moment to be able to be honest. And I know that Pastor Jeff has talked about this before. I don't know if he said it in here or just at other meetings, but he's, he said that there's, there's a time where the Lord will call on you for something. And if you don't answer that call in that moment, you might miss it completely. And for me, that was that moment. I had this sense, if I wasn't honest then, that I never would be. And so I waited to the last possible moment. They were just about to pray. And I just kind of blurted out, I have something. And I ended up confessing all these things to these guys. And most, most of the guys in the room had no clue because, again, I was walking in this hidden life. They ended up praying for me and this huge weight was lifted. And then when they were done praying, the Lord was just like, you're not done yet. And so I knew exactly what he meant. I needed to go home and tell my wife. And at the time, again, we were in training camp. We were staying in a team hotel and they have curfew at 11, 11 p.m. every night. And so I had to call the, the head coach and do the brave thing of saying, hey, can I have curfew? Can I miss curfew tonight? I need to take care of something with my wife. 
And he graciously said yes. And I called Shaylee on the way home and said, hey, babe, I'm coming home to talk to you about something. And she, she immediately knew. She's super prophetic. Uh, and she knew that I was coming to sit down and, and tell her some hard things. And I, we walk in, we sit down in our living room. There's the couch here. I'm sitting on this side. She's sitting over here. And looking back, I just fully believe that Jesus was sitting right in between us. He was sitting there protecting her from all the things that I was about to unload on her. And I believe that he was sitting there as the filter for which she viewed me through. And I ended up confessing all these things that no wife should ever have to hear. Letting her know that she'd been competing against things that she should never have to compete against. And it was, it was probably a couple hours that, that went by as we just was sharing thing after thing. And at the end of it, she responded with, wow, that sounds really hard. I'm sorry that you've been carrying all of that. Which was a miracle. I, my wife is someone who's super passionate and strong and bold. And I thought there would be maybe some swings thrown. I, maybe, maybe not. No, that wouldn't have happened. But she's, she's, she's a very strong woman. And I wasn't sure how she would respond. I was, my, I was afraid that I was walking into her saying, I want a divorce. But I was willing to risk that because I knew that I couldn't live the life that I was living anymore. I went backwards. No, I went forwards. And I ended the night by saying, babe, I've been trying to change me for years. I'm asking that you would give me a chance to let Jesus change me. And that first six months was really, really hard. We finally found that marriage counselor that she wanted to find years before. We were in intense marriage counseling. Our son, Johnny, was born. He was born a little, uh, three weeks, just over three weeks premature. Uh, He spent eight days in the NICU. And when we were leaving the hospital, the doctor said he has a spinal disorder called kyphosis and he's never going to walk or run like a normal little boy. And so this is a month and a half after, like a month and a half into us going through all of our marriage stuff and intense counseling and not sure what our future is going to look like. Shaley's parents are going through a divorce. Other things are coming up and it's just this traumatic, horribly traumatic six months. Thankfully, the Lord healed our son. We have documentation to prove it. We, us and Katie and Kenyon, yeah, you can clap. He had a bony nodule on his back, and we spent about a month going in and out of the Cleveland Clinic and went in one day, and they said, it's gone. We don't know how or why, but this is a miracle, and he's going to be totally fine. And now he doesn't run or walk like a normal little boy. He's super... Super duper. <laughs> so anyway, fast forward. We now have Miss Ratty and Lil Ratty there cheering me on on the sidelines. And it goes from me trying to, me being this slime ball to me trying to walk out what it looks like to be a godly man and trying to figure that out. And we went into this place of everything that was bringing death in our marriage had to go. We needed to figure out what was life to us. And so things like drinking alcohol uh, was out the window. We, we dumped all that down the drain. We, 
we started only listening to worship music because we needed to be surrounded by the reminder that Jesus is good and that with him, we can overcome hard things. On August 25th, 2010, we celebrated the one-year mark of me coming and confessing to her. And it it was like this breath of of like, (sighs) we've made it. At that time, we didn't know anybody who had been through what we've been through. We didn't have anybody ahead of us saying, hey, you can make it. And so we were just on our own trying to figure these things out. And I remember this, this, there was a point where Shaylee came to me and she said, babe, I feel so weak. I feel like I'm just bowing down to what went on and I'm, I feel weak for not being stronger and, and, and actually doing the thing that the Lord has asked you to do, asked me to do. And I just looked at her and said, babe, you are the most courageous person that I've ever met. To be able to walk out forgiveness the way that she walked it out, to be able to stand by me and choose me despite my choices. I've said it before and I'll say it again. She's the single greatest example of the love of Jesus that I've ever experienced. To unconditionally choose me despite my behavior, despite my choices, and to say, you know what? I'm still gonna choose and honor you. The choices that she made were such a huge impact to me and I am the man I am today because she chose me and stuck by my side. 2010 was a pretty crazy year. I Just shortly after that picture there, we, we ended up getting released from the Browns. I signed with the Jaguars. Shaylee and the family moved down. And three weeks later, we were released from that team. I signed with the Patriots for a little bit. And then I went back to the Browns. And I remember in that it was just all over the place. And someone said, oh my gosh, this must be so hard. And Shaylee and I were like, this is a piece of cake compared to last year. Like what we went through last year, like this is, hey, we're, we're healthy. You know, we're, our marriage is great. This is, this is a piece of cake. Uh, and the end, so 2010 season ends and uh, beginning of 2011, I ended up signing with the Tennessee Titans. Whoop, whoop. And I was super excited. They sent the contract in the mail. I signed it, sent it back. And we were right in the place of like learning to hear God's voice. And we were, at that time, we were super, one of the things that we found out, found was Jesus culture, Bethel. And we heard about BSSM and we're like, that would be amazing to be able to go, go to BSSM someday. Anyway, when, so Shaylee's in the bathroom. We just sent off the contract and she runs out and she's like, babe, I just heard from the Lord. And I was like, that's amazing. What'd he say? She's like, this is a means to an end. And I was like, wow. So are you saying I'm going to get cut again? And she's like, no, I, no, I don't. It's a means to an end. <laughs> and it ended up being a means to an end because at that time when we were here in Tennessee, we ended up finding Grace Center. And it was the very first year of SOSL and Shaylee had heard about it from some friends and she ended up signing up to, to come and we were, again, we were just, we were so excited and passionate about and hungry for the things of God. And we ended up, uh, she, so she ended up deciding to come. And uh, it was, it was right in the middle of training camp. We had just finished our third preseason game and I was reading a book. I don't remember which book it was. It was like Bill Johnson or something. And, and I just was praying after I was reading it. And I was like, Lord, honestly, humble me. I don't want this. I don't, I don't want my life to be about me. I want it to be about you. And everything that you've done in and through, and I want it to be about what you're doing through me. 
humble me, Lord. And so I wake up Monday morning, go into the facility. I'm hanging out with the quarterback coach and Mike Munchak, who's the head coach, walks in and says, hey, Brett, I need to see you. And I was like, oh, that's not a good good thing. So I go in and see him and he's like, hey, Brett, we're, we're releasing you um, and we, we need to free up some space on the roster. And I was like, uh, shouldn't have prayed that prayer. Lord, humble me. Well, that was Monday morning. Friday is orientation day at SOSL. And so Shaylee called and said, hey, I'm not going to be able to do school this year because we're not sure what's happening. And they're like, well, we're willing to leave the door open. If you are, why don't you come and bring Brett with you? And I was like, no, this is the dumbest thing. Why the heck do I have to go to this orientation? We're not even going to be here anyway. And so kicking and screaming the whole way to the orientation. And we walk into the firehouse and it was like, oh, this is the means to an end. We're supposed to be in the school. And go and talk to Alan and AJ. And it turns out they had been praying about how many students they would have that year. And they had currently had 29 students. And they had been praying. And they felt like the Lord said there would be 30. And when I asked to be the student, I was the 30th student. Anyway, so we, we dive into the school. We're learning all these amazing things about the, about the Lord. And like we're just so hungry and soaking up everything that he has. And it went from Lord place us on a new team to Lord, don't place us on a new team yet. We want everything we can get from this place. And I remember it got later in the season and we started praying like, Lord, now's a good time to sign with the team. And it was a, it was a Sunday night and Shaylee was like, hey, babe, you should pack a bag. I just, I feel like the Lord's going to do something tomorrow. So I was like, well, there's a lot of different places, like a lot of different climates in the U.S. Could you ask what I should pack? Um, anyway, so pack a bag the best I can. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up calling me the next day saying that they wanted to sign me to their practice squad. And so I go down super excited. I've been in this SOSL bubble and now I step into an NFL locker room, which was kind of shocking. It was <laughs> a little different. Um, but it was, I was so excited to be in this place of, I had all these new tools, all these new things that I'd learned in the school and I was excited to walk them out. And I was still figuring out what it looked like to walk out my life as a godly man. And again, early on in my career, I was a slime ball to where when walking, walking life out at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like it was, my career didn't go super long there, but it was the best that I had ever done mentally, emotionally, physically. And it was because I was doing things Jesus's way. So that year goes it went, it was going well. I thought I was going to make the team. Last preseason game, I get to start, play the whole game. And my kids are prophesying, you're going to throw seven touchdowns, dad. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, yes, seven touchdowns. Come on. Uh, instead, I got sacked seven times. I got hit 25 times. I threw three interceptions and we lost 36 to three. And I was running off the field and I had this moment of knowing this is the last time them and I'm actually be on an NFL football, football field in this capacity. And so I just stopped. I just paused. I took a knee to just thank the Lord for all that he'd done in me, in my career, and the opportunity that he'd give me to play the game that I loved. And it just so happened there was a photographer that was there and took the picture. And a couple weeks after that game, a friend reached out and said, hey, did you see this picture online? And I was like, no. And I, I just love, I love that my career ended in me being in a place of surrender. And this is more than my football career and getting to the place of, you know, 
being in the NFL, the thing that I'm most proud of is me surrendering to Jesus and saying yes to his ways. Me saying no to fear, the fear of being rejected, the fear of honesty, being honest and and what that could possibly do and saying yes to Jesus's ways and trusting him to do all that he's done in my life. Since that point, we've had a couple of new additions to the family. This is Esther. And we have Amelia, who's also known as Willa in her house because Esther couldn't say Amelia. So it's Willa, which means fierce protector. And we thought that's a pretty good nickname. And the thing that I, I am so thankful for is this family wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for Jesus and what he's done in my life. If we wouldn't have said yes to Jesus and surrendered to him and allowed him to come in and be Lord of our life and lead us in the way that only he can, we wouldn't be here today. We would have been divorced. Esther and Amelia wouldn't be here. And I'm just so grateful and and thankful for all that he's done. Last August, we got to celebrate the 10-year anniversary of the night that I had come to uh, confess everything to Shaylee. We got these little tattoos. It's 8-25-09, August 25th, 2009. And for us, we got them because they kind of look like a prison number, prisoner stamp. And for us, it was one of those things of, for me, like Shaylee had been walking with the Lord when I came to her, but it was one of those moments where it was like we were released from the prison that we'd put ourselves in when we actually finally chose to surrender to Jesus and do it in his ways, he freed us and allowed us to walk in a relationship that, that we wouldn't have ever been able to do on ourselves. He has so redeemed and restored our marriage that there is oftentimes when I share our story, people are shocked because there's no residue of that former way of life. I want to read Romans 5, 1 to 5. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of that glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Guys, the things that we go through in life, they refine us, they make us better. Our life hasn't been perfect since August 25th, 2009. There's been a lot of ups and downs. We've, got, we've had two more miscarriages. My sister's life was taken. You know, we've had homelessness, we've joblessness. We've gone through all these different ups and downs in our life hard things, hard moments. But the thing is, when we chose to do those with Jesus, he used it for good. He used it to refine us. It taught taught us how to persevere. Those tribulations taught us to persevere and it grew a character in us where we are confident. That word hope can be broken down as confident expectation of good. And now we know that our life isn't going to be perfect moving forward, but as we look back at all that Jesus has done in our life, we can confidently confidently expect his goodness as we walk forward. And there was times where we didn't have that hope, where we weren't confident, like going through our second miscarriage. 
but we had friends around us that we were able to hold our, hold our arms up in that time. And the Lord, in his timing, as we, were, as we went through processing the grief of that and actually walking through it with him, we are back to a place of hope. We are back to a place of confident expectation. And so, guys, Jesus is good. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Jesus and all that he's done in my life. My family wouldn't be what it is today without Jesus. And I want to encourage you that if you're going through something hard right now, if you're willing to choose Jesus and his ways, you can make it through anything. Myself, my marriage are evidence of that. So if you guys could stand, I'm going to pray for us. Oh, Father, thank you for your son, your perfect son. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you laid down your life for us. Lord, I thank you that you've provided freedom for us and all we need, all that we need to do to access that freedom is to ask, to surrender our life to you and you're, you're so willing to take that burden off of us. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives, all that you're doing through us. And Lord, I pray that as people leave this room today, they, they leave feeling encouraged and hopeful, confidently, confidently expecting your goodness to follow them all the days of, your life, of their lives, Lord. Yeah. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my life. And I thank you that you're going to do it in everyone else's. In Jesus' name, amen.